Where are the top potential landing spots for Lamar Jackson if he leaves the Baltimore Ravens? We talk about that. Getting to why Baltimore hasn't been very active over the course of 2023 free agency so far. Getting to another updated list of free agency targets for the Ravens. Talk about what the AFC North teams outside of Baltimore have done to beef up their team so far. And so much more coming up next year on Locked on Ravens. You are Locked on Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome into another edition of Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Ostriker of Ravens Wire. We're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team. Every day. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today, making Locked On Ravens your first listen of the day. You can subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts to get the latest episodes as soon as they're available. It is free, no money involved here. It's free to subscribe on YouTube, free to subscribe in audio form as well. So be sure to check us out anywhere you get your podcasts, either in audio or video form. And today's episode of Locked On Ravens is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. So we're back here, and it is a Thursday edition, and the Ravens still have not really done a lot in free agency so far. They made a move, well, actually, I guess a couple, depending on how you look at it, yesterday on Wednesday. But I think for a lot of people, it's been very underwhelming, especially compared to what the rest of the league has done. We've seen teams shell out tons of money left and right. I know, you know, the Bears and the Broncos, but the reality is the Ravens don't have that cap space. They don't have that wiggle room, especially with the way the Lamar Jackson situation is still playing out, still no resolution. And I did want to talk about today, where are the top updated landing spots for Lamar Jackson, assuming he leaves Baltimore. Now, again, that's nothing set in stone yet. The situation is still very ongoing and feels like it could, it could drag out for a really long time. But with the first couple of days of free agency in the books, teams have addressed the quarterback position. A lot of teams have addressed it. So I did want to get just into what those teams could look like in terms of who could be realistic options, realistic landing spots for Lamar, and then talk about what every team has done at the quarterback position so far. So we'll do that in the first segment, top landing spots for Lamar. Then in the second segment, we'll move more into why the Ravens haven't been very aggressive, what they could be potentially cooking up. We'll talk about the Darius Slay era in Baltimore, which lasted about four or five hours yesterday. That was a that was a whirlwind. We'll talk about some of what the AFC North has done as well. And then in the final segment, we'll move more into, again, another updated list of free agent targets because, again, the Ravens haven't signed any outside free agents. And free agents keep going off the board. We see guys continue to be signed. So we'll talk about who the Ravens could be targeting. We'll also get into a couple of mock drafts in that final segment if we have time. So again, we're a daily Ravens podcast here, five days per week. Follow along, subscribe for free, audio form, video form. If you want Ravens news, analysis, updates, tell a friend, tell a Ravens fan that we're here five days per week, Monday through Friday, giving you everything Ravens related here. But let's talk about now Lamar. And I literally, I pulled up a list of literally every single NFL team here. And I'm, I'm going to go down it quickly, and, and we're going to talk about which teams could be realistic options for Lamar here. And, and for the teams that don't need quarterbacks, they don't need quarterbacks, and that's that. And I do it in order of cap space here. And when there is a team that seems pretty likely that, hey, maybe they could potentially go after Lamar, I'll read out that number. So the Bears, they have Justin Fields. The Falcons, 
there, I think there's still potentially an option right now. And this is all done by over the cap here. I have that up here. 38 million in cap space for the Falcons right now. Cardinals, they have Kyler Murray, although he's injured. The Bengals, Joe Burrow, Patriots, Mac Jones. Maybe that's like a sleeper team. But again, there were reports that they weren't going to be in on him. 28 million for the Patriots. The Colts, that's a team I could see. They have the fourth overall pick. I think the Colts are a pretty realistic option if Lamar were to leave Baltimore. They have 25 million in cap space. The Raiders, Jimmy Garoppolo, the Chargers, Justin Herbert, the Lions, they have Jared Goff, but I, I still would put them on the list. I think, you know, the Lions have 21 million, so we'll, we'll put them on there for now. The Packers, they, you know, Jordan Love, that situation with Aaron Rodgers is kind of all but settled now. So Jordan Love there. The Seahawks, they have Geno Smith, the Browns, Deshaun Watson, the Commanders, they just signed Jacoby Brissett. They have also, Sam Howell, the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, the Panthers, they don't have a quarterback, but they have the number one overall pick, so I'm, I'm not including them. The Dolphins, they have Tua, the Cowboys, Dak, the 49ers, Brock Purdy, Trey Lance, etc. The Jets, Aaron Rodgers, the Broncos, Russell Wilson, the Texans, I, they have $9 million in cat space. They have the – I'll put them on the list. I, I'll put them on the list for now, but it feels like they're going to take a quarterback with their number two overall pick. The Ravens, they're a landing spot, but, you know, we'll talk about that. The Giants, Daniel Jones. The Titans have Tannehill. The Bills, Josh Allen. The Eagles, Jalen Hurts. The Steelers, Kenny Pickett. The Jaguars, Trevor Lawrence. The Rams, they said they're going to move forward with Matthew Stafford. They also know don't have a lot of cap space. The Buccaneers, they have they just got Baker Mayfield, and it feels like that's going to be a competition between Mayfield and Kyle Trask for that. The Saints, they have Derek Carr and Jameis Winston. The Vikings, they have Kirk Cousins. So if we go back through Falcons, Patriots, Colts, Lions, Texans are the five that I highlighted there. And to me, those seem like fine landing spots. If there were realistic versus non-realistic, like if you had to put those teams in order, I, I'd say the Colts probably to me right now are number one. There was a report that went out, I believe, I forget who put it out, but there was only one. So I'm not giving too much stock to it right now. I'm not putting too much stock into it, but the Colts seem like a team. They have that number four overall pick. They could definitely just take a quarterback with that pick. They'll have a pick of if the first three picks are quarterbacks, they will have number four to take whatever fourth quarterback that is, whether it is CJ Stroud or Bryce Young or Anthony Richardson or Will Levis, but maybe they want to win now and they want to up their chances. They can get a, get a proven franchise guy. Maybe Jim Irsay makes that call and the Colts become a player for him. I, I think the Falcons still, I mean, again, Desmond Ritter, they could move forward with him if they wanted to. I, I don't know. I, I still have like an inkling the Falcons could be interested, but I know the reports came out there. Then if we're going in order, uh, I'll probably say the Lions next. I think with, Jared Goff there. I think Goff was fine, like, but he he's not a franchise quarterback. I think he's more of a bridge guy, falls in that like mid-tier quarterback category. So I'd probably put Lions at three there. And then uh probably Texans at four. Yeah, probably Texans at four just because of the number two. And I don't know, it just seems less realistic because they have number two, and I'm sure they're gonna be doing their due diligence scouting, and then that could probably be the option for them. So Right now, I mean, the Patriots are probably five for me just because, again, I think it'd be a fine fit there, but it feels like they're just moving forward with Mac Jones for another year, and that could be it. But maybe they surprise. Maybe they surprise. So Colts, Falcons, Lions, Texans, Patriots, those could be the five right there. And actually, Jeff Rebeck put out an interesting tweet. He was asked a question about what 
could happen in terms of a trade for Lamar. And he was asked by a fan, if a team called the Ravens and said, we'll give you this for Lamar, is that allowed to go down or does everything have to go through the tag or a long-term extension? And that still could happen. Like if a team offers stuff for Lamar, they could work out a tag and trade. Jeff gave the example of Devontae Adams last year, who was franchised. The Raiders didn't sign him to an offer sheet. They ended up working out a sign and trade for Devontae Adams. So it could work out now. It, that, that situation is probably not super likely because, you know, th- there are a couple other options in other situations where either the Colts sign them to the offer sheet and then the Ravens just match anyway. Or if the Colts say Lamar wants to come to us, you know, we're going to try to work out a trade with you. I don't know why the Colts would do that because they could just sign them to the offer sheet and then get them that way. But then the Ravens can match that offer sheet. So maybe the Ravens are like, well, if you don't work out a trade with us, we're just going to match the offer. But again, if the Colts offer a fully guaranteed deal, then maybe the Ravens don't want to match. And then they're more inclined to say, all right, yeah, let, let's work out a trade. But then why would the Colts do that? Because then they just sign under the offer sheet and get the two, give the two first. And that would be that. So I, I still would expect this to go. If Lamar gets an extension, that's it. He stays. Or if he signs an offer sheet and it doesn't match, he goes. There's still a very small possibility of a trade, but at this point, you know, while I've mentioned, you know, the Colts and the Patriots and the Falcons and, and the Texans and the Lions, it still feels like to me, the Ravens are a very strong option to keep them for at least this season, whether it is on the franchise tag or whether it is an extension. But it just seems like the situation, again, is moving so slowly throughout all these weeks we've talked about, it, all these months we've talked about it. It's holding up what the Ravens are doing in free agency here. You know, here not to say the Ravens can't do anything while Lamar's on the franchise tag. I mean, they have opportunity. They have some cap room right now. They can make more with restructures and, and releases and extensions and whatnot. But with that 32.4 million cap, it again, taking up 14.5% of that cap, it's not allowing the Ravens to operate within their full potential, within their full capacity if they did have that you know, let's say even even five million more, 10 million, 15 million, that would definitely go a long way, especially because honestly, like in my completely honest opinion, I don't think the market money wise has been super strong this year. I think while there have been a couple of what you could call overpays, I think organizations are getting really good deals on some of these players this offseason, especially in the wide receiver market. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about some of the moves that happened in the AFC North. And some reports coming out about the Ravens in the quarterback market, potentially for some mid-tier names. So be sure to stay tuned. So lots to dive into here on Locked On Ravens. But first, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. It's down on the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet everything from the money line to point scores and even three strains. The Denver Nuggets are back in action tonight. My basketball team, they are playing the Detroit Pistons, so I would be... I'd be very concerned if they lost that game, even though they're on a four-game losing streak. So I I will probably, if, if I were to make a bet, bet on Denver to win that game. I think a more safe option would be maybe betting on Nikola Jokic triple-double. But they have so many more exclusive bets over at FanDuel, like the 2 by 3 which is two three-pointers scored in the first three minutes. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger power with the same-game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your notes by first out to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more FanDuel an official sports betting partner of the NBA. We return here. It's our second segment of Locked On Ravens. Kevin Allstriker still hanging out with you here. Again, be sure to follow and subscribe in audio and video form for free 
on our channel, anywhere you get your podcast. We are here for you again five days per week. So thank you to all the support. We almost have 4,000 subscribers on YouTube trying to get up to that goal slowly, but surely. So thank you for doing that. And of course, we're here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. But let's continue talking about the Ravens. I mentioned some of those top potential landing spots for Lamar Jackson if he were to leave Baltimore moving forward. I think to me, the Colts are probably that potential top option i think the ravens getting the number for overall pick and another first is fine obviously i think they still could get more in just an outright trade for him but then you have teams like the falcons and the patriots and and all those potential options but we got some news or some reports about the ravens and the potential quarterback market here jeremy fowler of espn says the ravens who face uncertainty around lamar jackson's future have been involved in the free agent quarterback market looking into options such as baker mayfield and jacoby Brissett before they signed with tampa and washington per league sources baltimore appears to be looking for flexibility so that to me is Baltimore just covering all their bases. And again, why this situation with Lamar is, is tying their hands behind their back, tying the Ravens organization's hands behind their back. If Lamar was signed to an extension, I mean, maybe they go look for those guys, but you know, if, if they sign a if they signed a Baker Mayfield or if they signed a Kobe Brissett, we wouldn't be kind of sitting here. Okay. Like that's a solid backup. If you really need them, that's fine. At this point, it's, they're going to start like because you don't know if Lamar is going to be in Baltimore. So the Ravens have to do their due diligence there. And if they sign, like, like, let's just say it's Marcus Mariota. Let's say the Ravens sign one of those mid tier veteran options. And let's say it's Marcus Mariota. If they sign him, it's like a one year, I don't know, seven and a half million dollar contract. You're putting assets into that and you don't know what his role is going to be. So when you're talking to some of these guys, like if the Ravens really want a Baker or they really want a Jacoby Brissett, and they have a conversation and, you know, one of those guys asks, well, what's my role going to be? Cause I'm looking for this and I want to see if you guys can offer it. The Ravens might say, we, we don't know. And I know going back to the offensive coordinator search, a, a contention point apparently and reportedly for some of these coordinators was they didn't know what the situation with Lamar was going to be. They didn't know what it was going to be with him moving forward. So at that point, you kind of have to wonder what the situation is having impact wise, not only salary cap wise, but for certain players wanting to know roles in what this team could look like. There is just such a night and day difference between what this team looks like with Lamar Jackson and without it that you know, you just really don't know at this point. So, I mean, look, I'm not surprised that the, the, the Baltimore could be in on some of these mid-tier options, but you don't know whether it could be as a starter for a year or if it's a backup for Lamar, you just, you don't know that right now. And in terms of the Ravens and their restricted free agents, the Ravens tendered Tyler Huntley with a low restricted free agent tender, which means that they have a right to match any offer he gets, but if they don't, they don't get any draft compensation, but then they non-tendered everyone else. So Tristan Cologne, Kristen Welch, Delshawn Phillips, Geno Stone, Nick Moore, those guys are all free agents right now. And, and the Geno Stone one was a bit surprising I think that the Ravens will still look to bring these guys back, but I think Geno Stone could get a deal that maybe the Ravens don't want to match. So I think Geno Stone, there's a real possibility he's gone next season, which would be a bummer. I thought Geno Stone could have come in, I think is you know team-friendly, cap-wise, depth option. Played really well in the place of Marcus Williams when he went down. So I'm, I'm a little bummed about Geno Stone. I hope he's able to come back. But I think a team will pay him. And not I'm not saying they'll pay him $10 million a season. But if the Ravens are looking to get him on like a, I don't know, $2 million, $3 million, $4 million, 
per year contract. I don't know. I think Geno Stone could get some money on the market. Nick Moore, I think, could come back. I mean, he Pro Bowl long snapper. I think he'll be re-signed. I'm not too worried about that. Dale Sean Phillips, Kristen Welch. Eh, I, I'm not so sure of those guys. Justin Cologne could be brought back as a depth. I like him as a depth option there. So that was kind of the extent of the Ravens news yesterday. But there was a big re-signing, <laughs> a big re-signing. And that was not Lamar Jackson. It was Justice Hill. Justice Hill was the Ravens re-signing. They end up signing him a two-year extension. Well, I guess not an extension, but they signed him to a two-year deal. I'm not surprised that the Ravens brought back Justice Hill. It's $4.5 million, two years. I'm not, it's not super expensive. I know some people are saying, well, you, why don't you just draft a running back in the mid-rounds and not spend that money so you have other flexibility elsewhere, even if it is just a couple million dollars. I thought Justice Hill played really well for him last year in a limited role. His role definitely fell off as the year went on, but looked explosive and was someone who had a couple of really, really nice plays. Also, and I, I think people are not going to be happy I'm about to say this, but I think they spent the money because he can play special teams. <laughs> it's just it's just the Ravens' way. I'm not agreeing with it or disagreeing with it. I'm kind of indifferent. But I think that is a reason. He He's a gunner for them. He can play special teams. We know the Ravens value special teams. And I know to some people that just annoys them to no end as to why they spend the money there for guys like that. But I, I think it was a factor in what happened here. The, the Chuck Clark trade also made official – the official Ravens announcement saying it was an, an undisclosed pick – but it ends up, you know, the Jets said it was a 2024 seventh. So those were the reports and that was that. So the Ravens and free agency, they haven't been aggressive. And I know that it's been frustrating for a lot of people to see all these teams go out there and improve their rosters and sign players who can contribute, not just for this year, but for many years to come here. And the Ravens have re-signed Trayvon Mullen and they've re-signed Justice Hill. If we're talking about from the absolute start of free agency, to now, which is Thursday, so the first three days of free agency, the Ravens are a worse football team. They are. They're a worse football team now than they are when they started. The reason for that is because they released Clayus Campbell, and Clayus Campbell is a big part of their defensive line, and releasing Clayus Campbell versus re-signing Justice Hill and Trayvon Mullen, Clayus Campbell tips that scale, and it's not really close, and not just because he's a big guy. I mean, Clayus Campbell, to me, is someone who I would hope the Ravens are bringing back. He wouldn't even count against the compensatory pick formula. Hey, if, if I'm pitching to the Ravens, I'm saying he wouldn't cost a comp pick. That would be something that could happen there. And also the Ravens had a Darius Slay era. It lasted about four hours, but it was fun while it lasted. Marlon Humphrey put today could be a good day for us with kind of like the hands over eyes emoji. Darius Slay retweeted it and put eyeball emojis. Those, those dreaded, I'm telling you, Eyeball emojis during draft season, trade season, free agency season, the most dreaded emoji out there. Everybody puts them out and then nothing happens. Like that's exactly what it is. You know, that happens. And then the reports come out that the Eagles are now likely. It was first they released him. And then a couple hours later it was, oh, actually he was never released. And the Eagles are looking to keep him on a cheaper deal. And then Slade sweets out, he's back. So there were other reports and the rumors, oh, the Ravens, you know, could they be interested? Is this going to happen? Marlon Humphrey. And then he actually tweeted out. He said, I lied. <laughs> everyone everyone was not happy. So Darius Slay is now a Ravens legend. Darius Slay, Ravens legend. Would have been really cool. I mean, imagine a secondary, Marlon Humphrey, Darius Slay, Marcus Williams, Kyle Hamilton. That, that would have been really cool. But at this point, seems like the most likely option for the Ravens. And this is why, look, I, I also 
I'm a little alarmed that there hasn't really been a lot of movement from Baltimore right now, but I do want to put a positive spin on this for now. Like, again, I think that they should have done a bit more to start, but I will say moving forward, there is still a path for a successful offseason, which was my path all along. My path has not been eliminated from the cards right now, which would be trading for a top wide receiver option. So DeAndre Hopkins or Cortland Sutton or Jerry Judy or whatnot. And then re-signing Marcus Peters. So you have him as like your low-end corner two, high-end corner three. You draft a corner in the first round to give you a really solid corner trio. And then you can either sign a DJ Chark, you know, re-sign a Demarcus Robinson. You can take a mid-round wide receiver and then add depth along the edges. I think there is still an opportunity for the Ravens to have a, a successful offseason. They can still create that cap space. I, re- I really do wish they did more. I think you know, the Ravens are one of few. They might be the, on- the only team at this point by the time of this recording that has not signed an external free agent yet. There are still options. I still think DJ Chark is pretty realistic for them in terms of who their wide receiver could be. I keep pointing that direction. Nicole Hardman, Matt Collins. I would take DJ Chark over those guys in a heartbeat. I mean, Odell, if his asking price comes down, but apparently they're, the, the Cowboys are in discussions there. Maybe that's what the move is. So I think DJ Chark is pretty realistic. I think them re-signing Marcus Peters seems likely at this point with the way the corner market is gone. There are still a couple other options out there, but you see, again, Jamel Dean go off the board, Byron Murphy, Darius Slay, James Bradbury. So the market's becoming a bit thin there. So my my best option, my best path for the Ravens is trading for a star wide receiver. You re-sign Marcus Peters and Justin Houston. You draft a star corner in the first round, and that addresses your needs. You add depth along the edges that way. There's still an opportunity for that. But it all ties back to Lamar Jackson, and it all ties back to the situation with him, whether he can either agree to an extension or if he moves on completely in Baltimore gets those two first-round picks. So we'll see what happens. But coming up in our final segment, we'll be talking a bit about what the AFC North has done over the course of free agency so far over these first three days here, getting to a couple of mock drafts and a lot more coming up next here on Lockdown Ravens. We return here, our final segment of Locked On Ravens here on Thursday. Kevin Allshaker still here with you on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And again, be sure to follow along, subscribe for free, YouTube, audio form. We're here for your five days a week Ravens content. But we'll now talk, let's do an AFC North wraparound real quick. Because again, Baltimore hasn't really done anything, but the other teams in the AFC North have. You have the Steelers go out there. They sign Patrick Peterson. They re-sign Larry Joby. They sign... Cole Holcomb, those are a string of solid moves, you know, not necessarily groundbreaking needle moving, but I think solid depth options. And I think for the Steelers, those are fine moves for them where you're able to improve. The Steelers did lose Cam Sutton to the Lions, their corner. So essentially replacing Sutton with Peters, you get Ogunjobi back, who I've, I've always been a fan of Larry Ogunjobi. He's actually played for every AFC North team, but the Ravens. So hopefully one day we'll get Larry Ogunjobi in Baltimore here, but and then Cole Holcomb is, is a solid, I'd say solid middle linebacker option, inside linebacker option for them there. The Browns end up getting Juan Thornhill on a three-year $21 million. Like, three-year $21 million deal for Juan Thornhill is unreal value, in my opinion. I, I have to give credit where it's due. I mean, I, I have liked the way Andrew Barry has run his team over there in Cleveland. You know, I've said that multiple times. And they're aggressive. Now they always kind of make these moves. And like the reason they had to go out there and get one Thornhill was because John Johnson was just such a disaster. The Browns moving on from John Johnson and Jadavia and Clowney. But I think a uh, one, two there of Dalvin Tomlinson and Juan Thornhill, pretty solid. Mel Hurst also signs with Cleveland. So I think Cleveland's had a, a solid off season. 
Then those Cincinnati Bengals, I'll tell you, the tune of Bengals fans changed in a blink of an eye over the course of, you know, the last 12 hours, even less than 12 hours as I record this here, as the Bengals sign a familiar face, Orlando Brown Jr., Go into Cincinnati, four years, front-loaded $64 million contract. It includes a $31 million signing bonus, actually over $31 million signing bonus, which is the largest ever for an offensive lineman going over there to play left tackle. What I assume they do is they kick in Jonah Williams to left guard because obviously the whole reason Orlando Brown left Baltimore was because he wanted to play left tackle. He said he was a left tackle and made that very clear and you know pretty much refused to play right tackle. So, to me, I think they probably kick Jonah Williams inside. Maybe Lyle Collins is, is cut or he's just in there at right tackle. Or maybe they take a tackle in the draft. I think this improves Cincinnati's offensive line. Orlando Brown is not like a top five option. He's more, you know, maybe in the eight to 12 range tackle wise. You know, definitely slow of foot, can struggle against speed rushers, but super powerful. And I think it's an improvement for Cincinnati, but they did lose some guys. They lost Jesse Bates. They lost Von Bell. Hayden Hurst goes to Carolina on a three-year deal. So the Bengals, they did re-sign Jermaine Pratt also, but there have been rumblings, and now that the Browns got Juan Thornhill, that maybe Chauncey Gardner-Johnson goes a, goes over to Cincinnati. There have been other teams, you know, the Broncos are interested, the Eagles are interested in bringing him back. Him going to the Bengals will be a pretty successful offseason for Cincinnati. And again, you have to kind of build to beat the Bengals, build to catch the Bengals, who have won the AFC North two times in a row now. The reality of the situation is – that's your competition if you're the Ravens. So I think all three AFC North teams outside of Baltimore have had a solid start. I mean, the Bengals, I think, getting Orlando Brown is a solid haul for them. I think the Browns with Juan Thornhill, I like that signing a lot. Patrick Peterson, he's not, he's not the prime Patrick Peterson in Arizona, but he's still a solid option over there. So hopefully now it's the Ravens' turn. Hopefully they will make a move or two here that will calm down, you know, Ravens fans a little bit. But look, I understand the frustration. I'm there with you. I get it, you know. Free agency is a time to be excited. It's a time to see what teams will be aggressive, what teams won't. So the frustration is well justified. I'm not saying it's not. I'm not trying to downplay anything here. I think Baltimore needs to be aggressive. But the issue, again, is that they can't be as aggressive as they probably want to because the Lamar situation still is not resolved. So that's the unfortunate reality of the situation. But hopefully they can uh, – they can figure some stuff out, create some cat space and maneuver around it for now. Because again, as I've talked about, and I talked about this for weeks leading up to free agency, it's such a touch and go thing for agency where it's hour by hour, minute by minute, where guys go off the market like that, you know, they sign and, and that's that. So if this Lamar situation rolls into April, May, June, July, it's the same thing with the draft. All the top free agents are gone. Draft is over. You know, you don't know what, what the deals with the quarterback need for them right now. It's, it's a very tough and unfortunate situation the Ravens are in right now, but hopefully they can they can turn the soft season around for them. And I think a Lamar extension would be the first step to, to that to that turnaround for the Ravens. But let's get into a couple of mock drafts here just to round out the episode. Again, we did uh, mock draft Sunday. We do that every single week here on Locked On Ravens. And if you want your mock draft featured on a show potentially throughout the week, I try to get to as many as I can. I put out the mock draft Sunday tweet, and then I quote tweet on the Locked On Ravens account, and then you can put your drafts under there so uh, i'll go through them as i see them here let's first get into one here from kel who has the ravens taking jackson smith and jigba the wide receiver from ohio state at 22 will mcdonald the fourth the edge from iowa state at 86 Jaden reed the wide receiver from michigan state at 124 garrett williams corner from syracuse at 150 and byron young tennessee edge 
at number 199. So Garrett Williams at 150, I will tell you right now, that is an absolute steal. He would be the guy to me at 86. I'd be, oh, wow, that's a super big steal. 150, there's no way. But, hey, you take what the mock draft simulator gives you. I, I am here for that. Jackson Smith and Jigba is a guy that I'm super high on. I think he can be a really solid option in this offense. And edge at 86, again, it, look, if you get Garrett Williams at 150, I'm cool with it. But to me, I maybe take a corner there. Jaden Reed's a solid option. And I'm, so two edges in this one that I think – you could even argue against taking one in this. So I think I'd maybe take one of those edges. So again, maybe, so maybe I'm taking a corner 86, a corner at 150 and an edge at 99. But I think, again, I like the prospects here from Kel. And then finally, let's do one from Nicholas, who has the Ravens taking Zay Flowers, the wide receiver from Boston College at 22. Eli Ricks, Alabama corner at 86. Jacorian Bennett, Maryland corner at 125. Kobe Turner, Wake Forest defensive lineman at 159. Eric Gray, running back from Oklahoma at 200. I like Zay Flowers. I like Eli Ricks, Jacorian Bennett, combine standout. Kobe Turner, solid value there at 159, definitely. And again, the Ravens need some defensive line depth after the departure, well, potential departure of Clayus Campbell. And Eric Gray is, again, sneaky need at running back. But again, this would be to do the Ravens keep four running backs at this point because they do re-sign Justice Hill. So that's a, that's another conversation there. But solid. I'd say solid overall mock draft there from Nicholas. But that's all I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. Thank you so much for tuning in. Be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel on YouTube, follow along in audio form. Any move the Ravens make, you know, a big one. So a big signing, a big trade. We'll have that covered here on a live edition of Locked on Ravens where you can tune in on YouTube. You can chat in the comments. I engage in the comments there. It's, it's a way for me to get, get engaged with the listeners, engaged with the comments. It's really cool. So we'll do that over any move the Ravens make that is a super big signing or trade. And if you want to be a part of that, be sure to subscribe on YouTube. And again, that audio will also be up after the fact in audio form. So if you're not there for the live, you can rewatch it on YouTube or just play it in audio form. It works the same way. But coming up here tomorrow, we'll be rounding out the week. Hopefully we'll have some moves to talk about for this Ravens team. So be sure to stay tuned for that. And I'll see you right back here tomorrow.